it's cruel. <laughs> Very cruel. Most cruel thing to ever do to a person. Happy I think uh, it's pretty clear with uh, the uh, the people in Parliament who have spoken out against uh, against the disgrace of offshore processing, namely a few lone Greens, uh, certainly not the Coalition and certainly not Labor, that we cannot rely on Parliament to protect these people's human rights. It is up to us to come out to these places, to protest in the cities, to hit the streets and to stand up for human rights when Parliament will not. We've seen the hunger strikes, the riots and the escapes. We've seen the protests of those inside. They're the language of the unheard. And we will always come to these places if they need defending. I cannot imagine what it must be like to be locked up inside one of these cages for months and months at a time, for having committed no crime apart from fleeing violence and persecution in some of the more unfortunate parts of the world in our region. But lock them up we do. For months at a time, people who have committed no crime, apart from to try and seek, uh, as is entirely legal under international law and has been since the Second World War, when millions of people are fleeing the violence in Europe and Asia, seeking asylum, many of them welcomed here. Some of you probably, in fact, many of us probably related to people who have arrived here fleeing uh, persecution at one time or another. And this is what we've come to. At least they've had the decency to build this bastard thing within a reasonable striking distance of Perth. So we will be able to come back again and again until Woo! it's closed. I feel as though we come here mostly to just be present for these folks so that they can hear us, so they know we're here. I know some folk here have been uh, into this one and visited, and good on you. Thank you for doing that on behalf of all of us. So they know we're here, and they know that we're organising in the community to try and prevent this. Um, but uh, having just come back from another really dismal week in Canberra, this, the, the politics have become absolutely degraded and warped. And so I, no, don't, please do not cheer that. Um, I'm not bringing any message of hope or goodwill from Parliament House. This is going to be resolved, as these things generally are, by people on the streets, by people turning up and not giving up uh, by the state, the degraded state of the debate in Canberra. We know that Tony Abbott has been allowed to freely set the terms of the debate and that the Labor Party, to their great misfortune and ours, have followed them to the bottom of the barrel. Australians, by and large, are decent people. We are not a country of rednecks and racists, and I'm sick of being treated that way. What we have noticed over the last couple of months, I guess it's been pretty obvious for a while, is that there is no place Tony Abbott won't go. There is no, there is no tactic so low that he won't deploy it. And it doesn't matter how many people have to suffer. That the, the basic contention here is that we will lock these people up as an example to others. It doesn't matter if it makes them mentally ill. It doesn't matter if it makes them self-harm. It doesn't matter if they kill themselves. They are to be locked up as an example to other people who will be then somehow magically persuaded to stay at home in a war zone or facing genocide or ethnic cleansing or whatever the prevailing circumstances are where folk come from. Let us not allow ourselves to be dragged to the bottom of the barrel. We need to push back and never, ever give up. Thank you very much for turning out today. Another man uh, who has been instrumental in uh, challenging uh, Serco and the Labor government uh, is Colin Penter. Colin Penter's uh, 
uh, sort of one of the main players, I suppose you call him, in Circo Watch, which is the campaign group that opposes Circo and their involvement mainly in the Fiona Stanley Hospital as well as detention centres. So I'd like to welcome Colin. Good morning. And fantastic to see so many people out here. And particularly for those of us who are a little bit older, it's fantastic to see so many younger people here expressing your outrage at these policies. Listen, I've just been asked to talk to you a little bit about Circo. The inner side of this detention centre, in theory, is run by DIAC, but in reality it's run by Circo. Um, so this is one of, I think, 25 centres that Circo runs for the federal government. We don't know how much the federal government pays them because they won't release that information, but we guess it's probably close to $1.5 billion that the federal government pays Circo to run these gulags. Um, for those of you who don't know Circo or Circo Watch, essentially it's a, it, it started in Perth as, a, as a, just a sense of frustration about this corporation that was winning more and more contracts. Um, it now is part of a global network. What Circo does, it's essentially a company that does things that governments no longer want to do. Things, things that are privatised and outsourced. Circo, globally, Circo employs now over 100,000 people. Its global revenue in 2011 was 4.65 billion pounds and pre-tax profits of 283 million pounds. That's UK pounds because it's based in London. In other words, the money that flows out of here supposedly to the northern community, but not much of it sees that community, the money that they get to run this facility and abuse people in here flows directly to finances and bankers in London. In Australia, Circo has 8,000 employees. Some of them are probably, well, some of them we know will be standing here watching us. And we, as someone from RAN pointed out to us the other day, Circo is also establishing their own security and intelligence unit to keep an eye on those discontents like us. So there's probably also a Circo intelligence officer circulating around here somewhere. Um, the Barnett government has been very good for Circo. Those of you would know that they're soon to run the Fiona Stanley Hospital, that huge new building, supposedly a public hospital. They're soon to run WA's first juvenile prison, yes. 17 to 24 year olds will be locked up and imprisoned by the same company that does this. They also won the contract to transport prisoners around Western Australia. You may recall Mr Ward died in the back of a van run by G4S. Well, what did the Barnett government do? It privatised that to Circo. And those of you who are familiar with that will know there's been a whole series of complaints about Circo's practice there. So that's the sort of way this company works. Those of you who know will know their appalling treatment of people in detention. We've had, we've had inquest, we've had inquiry, we've had report after report that shows they are a litany of failure. They fail, they don't deliver, they breach contracts, they understaff, they use unqualified subcontractors, they don't have risk management. I'll go on, the list is endless. What we also know is that people die in Circo's care. 
Some of you will know uh, about the deaths in Villawood. Uh, three, three detainees within about three months. One of them was a man called Joseph Raulini, a Fijian man. The coroner, and I'll, I'll summarise what the coroner found because this reflects the sort of treatment. What, what happened was Joseph Raulini was a Fijian man in Villawood. What the coroner found was that he was threatening suicide because he'd been told he was going to be sent back to Fiji where he had escaped uh, as a political, uh, seeking political asylum. What the coroner found was that Joseph Rolini threw himself off a balcony while being taunted by Circo guards. Shame! The staff, and get, get this, the staff placed a mattress on the ground and taunted the man to jump, claiming that staff from Circo were coming to get him and deport him. In a damning report, the coroner found that Circo staff escalated the situation, causing Raulini to jump. The coroner found that Circo staff lacked the skills to deal with serious threats of self-harm. The inquest found there were no plans, no protocols, no coordinated response. That's, most of you will know, that is typical of what happens in these centres. Great. The other thing, just to make a comment about, um, Circo and DIAC have made a huge amount of noise about how much benefit this centre is going to deliver to the community of Northam, who, as most of you know, is just over the hill there. But what they don't talk about, of course, is the damage that happens to people who work for Circo. And we know that there are already young people from this area, the Wheatbelt area, who are being employed by Circo to work in there. Some of them may be working elsewhere, but they'll also be working in here. And we know from people around this town telling us that some of those young people are already being scarred by what they see and what they hear. The other comment I just want to make is that Circo is just the tip of an iceberg for corporations exploiting people in this detention centre. Also in this centre, and I don't know how many there is, Marcus and others would probably know, there's a company called IHMS, who are the medical and health provider. How many, do we know how many are in there, Victoria, from IHMS? Three staff, yep, so in here. Um, down in Northern, there's a company called Max Employment. Uh, that's a large US corporation. What they do is they help Serco find people to work in there. But what Max Employment also does is they manage the unaccompanied minors who come out of detention. So another corporation making huge dollars out of people in detention. Being here today, it's important we express our outrage not just at the policy of mandatory detention, but also at the company, the British corporation that runs these facilities and makes profits close to 40% profit, close to 40% profit on the contract. Uh, a professor at the New South Wales University Accounting Professor says that level of profit is just unknown in corporations. 40% profit, primarily from the sort of petty bureaucracy they cut back and understaffing. So that's what you are going to get in there. They'll tell you it's different, but those of you who go in there, we know that's not true. So I just want to say it's not only the policy of mandatory detention we're opposing today, it's also that a corporation based in the United Kingdom 
can make profits of nearly 40% out of inflicting suffering on people in there. Now that to me is an outrage and we should continue to protest it. Thank you for coming. Hi everyone. Um, my name is PRI11. Um, that's why I used to be called in the detention PRI11. Um, being mixed to the um, this detention center just remind me how I was in the um, Christmas Island detention. Um, I don't know which word should I use to describe that experience. Should I use terrible? It's, it was really very, very, very bad, extremely bad. Being in somewhere you never done anything wrong and you looked up and you be, you run away from your country, from your the place where is your family, looking for freedom. Then, when you the first time you put your step in Christmas Island and say, "Hey, I'm I'm free now. I get some, like you know, almost I am free." Then. Unfortunately, you locked up for a, a year or something like this there. And it's like prison. It's, it is a prison. It's not detention. Everything, everything is like the doors is locked. You can't go through any door if you don't have uh, an officer next to you. Even the medical area. The medical area, it should be like for someone who is sick or he needs, he needs just treatment. And... That door, I just remember very well, it's that thick. It's, it's very, very bad to, to be there. Even afterwards, I never had any problem, mental problem, even in Christmas Island, but I had um, somehow a sleeping problem. I couldn't like stay sleeping more than two hours, like continuously. Uh, so two hours, wake up, do something, then another two hours. Afterwards, when I came to Australia, the main lad, um, and I am free. Uh, I shouldn't have that problem because I don't worry about anything. But still, I had that problem for a while, like the first six months or seven months there. The main thing, the main issue there, it's you locked up and everyone is depressed. You, you just see your friends go, you make a friend today, next day is gone, you don't know. He's just in the midnight, suddenly he's gone. He's just like, next day you're looking for him, then suddenly you, you can't find him because he, he has been transferred somewhere else. Every week or every couple of days, you will witness someone harm himself and that will like bring you down. And already the, the detention is like kind of hill, you know, I've never been the hill, but it is hill. Um, you know, if you are somewhere in the hill and you want to climb up, you, you won't get out. But somehow, who runs that detention will say, get down, that's your place, it's not up. It's like every time you try to be better, healthier, somewhere to do something good, say, get down, th th that's your place, you, up is not your place. Um, on, uh, personally, I witnessed three people, they commit suicide. Um, 
you know, one of them, the uh, Sri Lankan guy, poor guy, he, he's died. He, he commits suicide by his beads, uh, his bed sheets. Um, and he took a make like robe or something and he hang himself up with somewhere very high. Just ask yourself what kind of motivation he had to go all the way up just to hang himself and kill himself. And he was one of my friends. He had like problem like staying there for a long time and depressed and he ended up with why am I here? Like what's the end like just let's finish it like let's kill myself and that's it um i never i never thought about these things in my life but when i was in christmas island i thought about it once thanks god i didn't like do anything like this but there is heaps of people like do it around you all your friends think about it all your friends are depressed if you're trying your best you to be like positively you cannot because your friend who runs the detention like totally negative and racist, totally racist. But I would say thank you for every single man and woman came here. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Appreciate that you support my case and my friend's case. And to let you just about one thing, I, I remember one of the time we did some protests in over Christmas Island, um, and some people they did it in Sydney. We couldn't see them straight away because they are far away. But we saw them some, we saw some uh, photos over the internet, and we saw we was so happy. We were so happy, like okay, not all of them dresses. There is some of them there, they like us, they want us in. And say, okay, okay, some of us like, okay, I'm going to like to fight and stay uh, healthy. Maybe hopefully one day I get my visa and get in. Uh, by the way, one of the um, first uh, English words we, we've learned there is racist. <laughs> yeah, it's just a joke. Um, uh, so please, please, please. Um, Show us if you are welcome us. Show us. Swear God, you give us heaps of motivation to stay alive. We don't harm ourselves. We don't hang up ourselves. We don't commit suicide inside the detention. They say, okay, this country, the government doesn't like us, maybe, but the people like us. So, and finally, we will get in. They turn and they start hearing voices and they see the people coming out chanting for their right to be here, welcoming them here, because they do matter. So thank you to all of you who have come out and let's show our support. They're in the wreck yard. Let's keep shouting. Let's keep waving flags. Freedom! Azadi! Freedom! Azadi!